Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of the There is a Floodlight that Never Goes Out podcast. As ever, I'm joined by Tom and Will. How are we guys? Really good, thanks. Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Ed. Good, good. Today we'll be reviewing the Tuesday's fixtures um, in the Championship and also looking ahead to game week 42 and what it has in store. So let's start with Tuesday's games and they were crucial for both ends of the table, really. Um... And we'll start with the earliest kickoff, the 5.30 kickoff, which took place in West Yorkshire, Huddersfield versus Bournemouth. And it saw the Cherries collect a fifth straight win in the league as they continue to romp into the latter stages of the campaign. Tom, what did you make of this game? Yeah, you know, it was it was to be expected, you know, another three points. The Cherries, um, I'd just like to say, you know, Bournemouth first half, absolutely scintillating stuff they played. And, you know... We've dissed him on the pod a few times and, you know, I still think some of the criticisms are valid, but uh, the way Jonathan Woodgate's got this side playing at the minute, you've got to give him credit. And uh, Philip Billing in the number 10 role again, excelling. And you look at some of the personnel they've got, you know, Arnott, Dan Juma on the left, David Brooks on the right, Dominic Solanke is their number nine. Um, Yeah, they're a team to be feared when you come up against them. Yeah, yeah I, definitely. Um, I completely agree with you, Tom. And I think uh, this sort of showed that class in the first half, getting their, their two goals. Um, but I think, you know, in credit to Huddersfield, I think you've got to say that second half, they did show a bit of fight, obviously pulled one goal back. And, you know, just if things went their way a little bit better, you know, if they had a, what you could say, a decent a pair of strikers then you never know they might have got yeah. a point out of that game yeah um, just on their strikers and their squad in general there's no sort of coherent strategy at the club it seems you know mm. just take Barnsley for example we've got young CEO got a young manager with clear ideas that match the club's philosophy and we've got a transfer policy that, that matches it too whereas with Huddersfield it's been very eagledy piggledy since they've come down from the Premiership. On on the one hand, they've, they've got a couple of really good youngsters, you know, the likes of Romani Edmonds-Green, Lewis O'Brien, um, but then they've got, you know, geriatric Richard Keogh at the heart of the fence <laughs> and, and uh, Fraser Campbell and uh, the uh, invisible man Umani Asse brought in. Um, Ed, what do you think about Huddersfield's squad? Because we said pre-pod, it's actually abysmal their team when you consider the amount of money that's come into the club from their from their Premier League journey. It really is. I mean, obviously, it's worth noting that money at the disposal is obviously highly limited due to the sale of the club. Um, but the transfer policy has been all all over the place, like you mentioned. On the Umani Asse, I mean, there's nothing they can really do. Um, bringing in a free agent this time of the season, I always thought it was a bit pointless considering they brought in Yaya Sanogo. Um Obviously, he's got injured Umani Asse and looks to be out for the rest of the well, will be out for the rest of the season and could never play a game for the Terriers. So, in that respect, you've got to feel for them. But I think it's also worth noting the injury crisis um, and a full-strength Huddersfield Town side looks a lot better than the, than the team they're managing to cobble together right now. But, yeah, I think if you're, if you're a Huddersfield fan, you, you, well, you're definitely in a worse place now than you are pre-Premier League era. And I don't think mm. any club really... Can, can view that as a positive. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, let's move on then to a game 
I mean, do we have to talk about Sheffield Wednesday, Swansea? <laughs> uh, we do. Yeah, yeah. Of I course we do. Um, look, I'll start on this one. Um, first of all, I want to sort of reiterate what we've been saying for most pods, really, and that's Swansea aren't very good side anymore. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they were very av- average at best, especially, you know, leading up to the goal, the first half an hour, we were, you know, we were on top in that game. I firmly believe Tom Lee's then decided to, you know, drop a howler, uh, which, in credit to Tom Lee's, has been very un Tom Lee's like this season, and and they finished it well. You just knew Jamal Lowe would score against us after. I know he broke his barren run against Millwall, but you knew if he was going to get a goal, it would come against us. And then Fulton's goal was a great ball by Connor Roberts, poor defending from Tom Lee's. I mean, he's literally let Barry Bannon try and defend across the guys you know he's about five foot six i think so really poor decision making there from tom lees and it's cost us um you know losing these games hasn't what is you know this isn't what's going to get us relegated it's losing other games the bigger games against you know bottom six bottom ten sides if you get what i mean um yeah i i think the word to sum this one up was apathy because that's all i really feel i don't feel you know i wasn't screaming at my television or any, you know it was none of that it was just sort of sit back take it in a bit like the qpr game you know just accepting yeah. the inevitable now and sort of getting excited because you know in patches ball at feet going through the phases we are a, 10 times the side we were under say pulis or thompson but you know you can't really judge thompson um so yeah, yeah there are positives there uh, but it's just another game closer to the inevitable relegation yeah, uh, and um, sorry, Will, go on. I was just gonna say, Ed. So, is that it? Are you hundred percent going down? Is that it? No, no more hope. Hundred percent, especially with the result we'll come on to next. Um, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna. Um, at what point are me and Will allowed to start singing status quo? <laughs> get down, deeper and down. <laughs> <laughs> you can start now if you really want. Start um, now. My final word on that, or first word and final word on that, would be. Um, now, I guess the pod who we've had on, and I'm sure you'll have listened to the pod yesterday that we released with him, Joe Cran, said um, you know, it's a, a copy-and-paste game for Wednesday. Start well, um, the match, the side they're playing, and then an individual error lets them down, and, you know, they sort of middle out and lose. Yeah. And uh, he said the same as you, Ed. He, he sort of accepted the drop now. Um, but, yeah, Darren Moore is definitely still the man um, for Wednesday, even in my tinted red glasses i can <laughs> see that he's doing a very good job wednesday 100%. given the circumstances um lost that game then ed um rotherham three queens park rangers one and how typical is it that the r's who were so clinical on uh, saturday all of a sudden lose their shooting boots when they turn up to new york it was bound to happen wasn't it but um great to rotherham uh, you know, it's a result that perhaps some people gave them no chance. You know, it's the start of this run of of ridiculous amount of games in a short amount of weeks. Um, mm. But they've started it as well as they as well as they could do. And there's a secret part of me um, that's sort of you know urging them on um, to stay up because, like I said, I've accepted Wednesday going down, and Rotherham did it, did in this game what we failed to do. Um, this whole season and that is when you go down 
get something from the game. We're the only team in the top five divisions of English football not to get a single point from a losing position. You know, um, and and Rotherham obviously got all three points with three goals. Freddie Ladapo getting two, and then Michael Smith getting the other. And yeah, there's there's a, just a sneaky, slight part of me that sort of wants them to stay up because you know, I just something about that side, the fighting spirit, um, compared to say a Coventry or a Derby, you know, they I think they deserve to stay up, and they've been very unlucky this season. Yeah, I mean, if I can just touch on this one um like you say i think rotherham in, in all the games i've sort of seen them play they've uh you know they've shown glimpses of playing some really good football you know especially in that huddersfield game how they didn't score was like unbelievable and it seems like yeah. in this game they've finally you know found the back of the net and you know it's a massive three points for them in their bid for survival uh, and um, yeah, one man who's found his shooting boots of late, Ladapo. I mean, this guy, you know, he's scored a lot of goals in League One, mm-hmm. but the step up that he's made in the past month or so, you know, bagging vital, vital goals for the Millers, I, I really admire it. And um, whilst not being quite on the level of Wickham in terms of lacking championship quality. And Paul Warren, I, I still think results like this prove that he's doing a great job at Rotherham, regardless of their league position. Um, and, That's you fun. know, on the on the Rangers front, we thought QPR had turned a corner under Mark Warburton, but it, it still seems that they're prone to these sort of results after a positive win. Um, yeah, that's probably my final word on it. Yeah, I think you can't really... I think if, if, from a QPR perspective, it's just one of those games. Um, and I think yeah. they'll, they'll easily forget about it. And obviously, Lyndon Dykes back amongst the goals. Yeah, scored again, um, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, just a quick word on Dykes. I don't see, you know, I don't see anything in him, really. I know, I mean, I know he scored two <laughs> against us. So I just want to <laughs> say I am aware of that. Um, but I don't know, something about him, I, I feel he's slightly overrated, you know. But uh, yeah. I mean, I'm happy. To we see him were scoring. linked. We were linked for a move with him in the summer. But who needs DKs when you've got DK? Yeah, very good point. Very good point. Uh, let's look ahead then. To well, we got two games today, this evening. Um, Blackburn versus Derby and, and Reading versus Cardiff. Let's start Ewood Park. In let's face it, a huge game for the relegation battle with that Rotherham win. Um, Derby. Mm. They're really not safe. Um, they are well and truly in the Maya. I know on Wednesday, Wayne Rooney's press conference said that he's 100% confident they'll stay up. For me, that's the sort of naivety which could end up costing them. Yeah, I genuinely believe. Listen, yeah, listen, it's... Um, you know what? I think it's the words of a, of a, of a man who knows he's under the cosh. It, there's no yeah. danger of Eric Alonso pulling the trigger on Rooney, by the way. He's definitely yeah. going to be the derby manager, even if they do go down. To look at where they are in the league, look at Coventry, who if they win their game in hand, go above them. I think it's very naive to say that they're safe. And um, if results go against them, they could be in the bottom three this time next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, am I right in saying that, you know, even if they they could literally win, technically, they could win every game for the rest of the season and still go down, couldn't they? Because yeah. both Coventry and Rotherham, yeah. I've got game. I mean, clearly that's probably not going to happen. But like you say, it's very naive of him to say 
they're definitely safe when they're, they're literally not <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's um and i think we've seen that quite a lot with rooney in his press conferences almost showing a bit of yeah. uh, uh, not necessarily do i want to say arrogance i don't really know it is arrogance. It is arrogance. Yeah, it's, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, it's my bugbear with him um it's that i don't feel like he takes the league seriously enough at times uh, yeah. and and he disrespects it you know like when he disrespected barnsley you know you've got to learn just to take those results on the chin and accept you were the you were you know you were the worst side on the night you can't come up yeah. with all this oh well the most direct side in the league mm. well yeah and it works Wayne. so you know pipe down <laughs> a little bit <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah but sticking up on what's going on I know, well, it's an, an oxley-esque sheffield run yeah. Go on. It is. <laughs> no 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 it, it just infuriates me when um when people don't take the league seriously because you know he's had yeah. one of the best careers an english player's ever had and as a player unbelievable but you're in the here and now way and you know mm. let's secure your own championship safety first yeah. um yeah. because i think if derby go down you know a quick word on them if they go down i think they're in a worse position than when we go down personally with the change in ownership mm. now I, I doubt eric alonso would then back out the deal uh, I don't, it doesn't sound like it's permitting on the league but they're in financial turmoil more than us i would argue um so yeah but on the game itself i mean i i thought blackburn obviously the two all against cardiff they they put in a winning performance there for me personally yeah. and and i yeah, see yeah. them you know i see them winning this game i mean what about you guys um well i'm gonna say one final word on rooney and that's in his press conference i think he's trying to sound a bit like fergie in the yeah. sense that there was that little bit of arrogance but you could understand it yeah. In the end, he's ending. He's starting to sound like Rafa Benitez when he's talking about his facts. Mm -hmm. yeah. That really weird rant Benitez did, and he, he sounds like that every press conference after yeah. every match. He sort he looks at the league as if I'm Wayne Rooney. I should be picking up results, um, and I find it I find it arrogant, like you said. But anyway, that's the last word on him. And on Blackburn, yeah, I'm in I'm in agreement with you, Ed. Um, you know, if they turn up to to uh, the game on Saturday at Ewood Park, oh sorry, on Friday. He would park with the same sort of performance that they did, a mentality that they had in Cardiff. I think they'll pick up three points. Um, they've got their their man uh, back in the goals, Adam Armstrong, the most magical dwarf I've seen since <laughs> Davis. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I, I do think um, if they turn up, they'll they'll pick up the the three points. What do you think, Will? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the post match interview from Tony Mowbray. Uh, after the draw at Cardiff was almost quite convincing and he, he, he made it sound that he was going to get the lads sort of, you know, they weren't just going to have an easy running, you know, he wanted them to show a bit of fight and we did see that against mm. Cardiff and I think that might shock this uh, Derby team a little bit and yeah, I, I think Blackburn will win as well. Good stuff. So on to uh, the Majeski. Huge game for you Barnsley fans. Uh, Reading take on Cardiff I only oh, see Mick. one winner here, and that and that's Reading. Um, I think I saw on Wednesday, um, Paunovic say that John Swift should be back for this game. Um, yeah. I could be wrong there, but huge. yeah, that is a huge addition. Um, mm. Cardiff, they've hit a bit of a rut of form, mellowed out uh, this season really, mm. and Reading will know it's it's getting down to last chance saloon. You know, I know there are five, is it five or six games left. There's five games left this season for them and uh, they need to be winning games. It's simple as that. 
Yeah, they do. But just before I go on to this game, it was announced uh, on Wednesday that Reading had incurred net losses oh. of £133 million, pounds, which I think whilst being in the second tier of English football is A, ridiculous, and B, how's it gone unpunished? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, it's more than Manchester City. <laughs> it's like, like it's just yeah. ridiculous. Um, it's shocking. And how it's that guy kind of just a- appeared out of nowhere, like no speak of it before. He's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it, yeah, it was the... it was less though than last season. I, I think I read that um, <laughs> they had saved. I mean, this could be completely wrong, but I seem to remember they'd saved about eight million pounds. So. They're oh, on the right on, track, go on, go on, but but no, but in in, in all seriousness though, I think this points to one thing and one thing only, and that is not a fire sale, but in the summer, you know, the likes of Elise, the likes of Ajaria, the likes of Joao, I can see them all going if Reading don't yeah. make it to the Premier League, and look, and then that sets them back to to square one, doesn't it? Look, I think it's shit or bust this season for Reading. I really yeah. do, and you know, this game is so important for them. If they lose this and and we pick up a victory on Sunday at Cov, and it's an it's an eight point gap with four games to go, and yeah. then they're they're really in trouble. Um, but I do agree with you, Ed. I, I can't see Cardiff really coming and providing much of a test for Reading. Um, Reading's fair flair players, sorry, always seem to turn up at the Madeski, and if you have even if you only have one of Elise Zhao. Mate, Ajaria, and if he's back, John Swift on form, they can win your games on their own. Um, so yeah, I, I see, I see a Royals win here, yeah. but you know, if the teams above them keep winning, it's um, it's a failure for Paunovic, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it'd be very harsh to to pin it on Paunovic as a fa- failure. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. But I think it's a failure for the clubs as a whole, definitely. I mean, Will, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I, I think it's. A failure from the position they found themselves in. You know, while it was unexpected, they were they put themselves in a very good position first half of the season, and so to not make playoffs, I think, would be quite disappointing for them. Um, But yeah, as like I say, as much as I would love Cardiff to get something from this game, I just think, you know, Reading star men, it's games like this that ultimately get them over the line. So yeah, I, I think Reading will win this. So let's move on to um, the twelve thirty kickoffs, as they now are. Um, obviously, the fixtures have been moved because of the Duke of Edinburgh's funeral. Um, we'll start with Brentford versus Millwall in a London derby. Um, I would say it's a big game, but I, I sort of feel that both these, you know, Brentford, I feel they're comfortable in their uh, playoff position. And Millwall, they're, they're just petering out towards the end of the season. I mean, uh, Reading have got seven points to, cut, to make up on Brentford and Brentford have a game in hand. So, you know, Brentford still need to keep ticking along, but um, I think they can start focusing on the playoffs now, in my opinion. I mean, Tom, what, what do you think will happen this game? Yeah, um, I think you're right in the sense that Brentford, I think they have top six in the bag. It's just about where do they finish now and... Um, I don't think you want to be finishing... They might finish third in the end anyway, but I don't think you want to be finishing fifth or fourth because you're probably going to end up playing Bournemouth. Mm. I, I wouldn't want to play Bournemouth over two legs in the form they're in at the minute. No, I mean, yeah. um, 
on on this game on on its own, yeah. You know, Millwall before the defeat to Swansea, they picked up three victories on the spin, but they're they're just a strange team, aren't they? Towards and towards the end of any season, Millwall always seem to threaten to uh, to to make a push for the playoffs, and it never their their push never really comes to fruition. Um, and Brentford, yeah, they, they look they look banging form with that five nil win at, at Preston. I mean, who wouldn't when they've won? Five nil, and um, you know their strikers are back scoring. They had five different goal scorers on Saturday. They had Embuemo, who I've criticised in the past, but was brilliant. Ivan Tony, Canyos, Marcondes, and the man who's no finish. He's twenty one. Just <laughs> falls. Um, Hard to get that um, joke yeah. in there. Listen, mate, it it was a gaping hole. It was. Um, yeah, for, for for the bees, I can see nothing other than a win. What do you think, Will? Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I completely agree. I think Millwall, they they've they've had a few good results, but that three 0 loss against Swansea's probably set them back a little bit. Brentford, you know, they they're, they're going to probably hit a bit of form hopefully into the end of the season. So yeah, I think the bees will take all three points. Let's move on to Luton versus Watford. In uh, what is a derby between the two sides? Again, though, you know, both their league positions seem pretty certain. Um, I mean, it, I, guess, I guess we're all in agreement that we back a Watford win here. It's hard not to, uh, with what Zizko Muno has done to the club um, since he's come in. Yeah, Tom, he's done a brilliant job. Yeah, Tom, any, any sort of further comment on this game? Are we all in agreement that that we see a Hornets win? Yeah, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you, Ed. The one thing I will say is it's um, it's just a golfing class, really. It's going to be Martin Craney up against Ishmael Asar. <laughs> let's be fair. Let's be fair here. You know, Luton have a chance. I'm, I'm not knocking Luton because I know they get the same treatment Barnsley get in terms of we should be beating teams like Luton, teams like Barnsley. But I think Watford will just have too much for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. But, you know, saying that, you know, if Luton's sort of starmen, if you like, do show up, they can cause, you know, issues. Um, Adebayo, Luar Luar, etc. You know, they're not bad players. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to take something special for Luton to get anything out of this game and sort of outclass the top class that is Watford. Yeah, defo. Defo. Um, so let's move on then to, again, we don't need to spend much time on this because it's the definition. It, it's, it's a Forest versus Bristol sort of game, this one. <laughs> Middlesbrough versus QPR, um, yeah. battle of the mid-table. Neil Warnock, he'll just want to be playing for pride, as will Mark Warburton. Obviously, Borough and a bit of a bad bad run at the minute. No winning four, three losses in that time. Um, I said it before, say it again. They always seem to lose, yet are still somehow 10th uh, in the table. <laughs> QPR in 11th. Um, a point between the sides. I see a draw here, a sort of anti- not anticlimactic because there's no suspense going into it, but a sort of drab affair. Um, yeah. yeah, Will, what do you make of this game? Um, yeah, I, I think it's one of them. It'll either be just a nothing game, you know, nothing in it, a draw or whatever, or one of the teams might just run away with it. I, I, it's like such a weird game, but yeah. one of them where QPR could just put like five past them. Um but but no, I, I'm more inclined to say that it'll just be a bit of a, a nothing game. And like so I think I'll probably finish in a draw. Yeah, Tom. Uh, I was just going to say the same as well, pretty much just echoing what he says. I think 
it's going to be pragmatic regardless of the, of the scoreline and um, yeah, it, not it's Warnock against one of his former clubs or does that count for much he's been knocking about about 40 years he's probably going to the championship um, yeah, I, I, do, I do think probably Borough have the slight edge over Queen's Park Rangers in the sense they've got a lot of um, a lot of striking power got you know the likes of Somber Longa Fletcher Akpom Balassi you know, they might not have gotten the score sheet of late, but, you know, probably due a flurry of goals. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm in agreement with Will. I think it'll be tight, but I do think Borough will just nick it. Good stuff. On to uh, Wednesday versus Bristol. Um, <laughs> uh, is it becoming I, a nothing game? It is a nothing game. It's Bristol. All their games are nothing games at the minute. Um, I Obviously, Nigel Pearson returning to, to Hillsborough. Yeah. The club he captained on Wednesday. If he wants to be nice, he could give us the three points. Um, <laughs> something to tell me that won't happen. Um, again, and you can laugh at me for saying this, it's the sort of game I see us winning because the performances yeah. of recent times haven't matched the results. Yeah. And Bristol, I... we, we have slated them quite rightly on the pod pretty much every single time they've played. And yeah. they're there for the taking. I was just going to say, absolutely stinks of a Chef Wednesday win, which then gets all your fan base's hope up. Yeah. you then to lose your next game. Um, so, yeah, I, I can actually see you picking up the three points in this one. Yeah. I, I Bristol. Think it... oh, sorry, Tom. No, it's all right. I was just going to say, you know, Bristol, Nigel Pearson's obviously probably given him a piece of his mind after, you know, losing three on the bounce to Rotherham, Stoke, and Coventry. Then you know a nil-nil draw at home to Nottingham Forest on Saturday, so they might turn up this one. You never know, but yeah, I, I think I can see Wednesday picking up a, a win here. I think it'll be a real almost test of character for Wednesday. It'll this game will show if sort of the players and staff still believe. You know, I think if Wednesday show up and put in a really good performance, it shows that there's still a bit of belief around the camp. But if they rock yeah, up and it's just a bit of a nothing performance, I think that'll echo the fans' view of it, it's all over. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go to Stoke. Um, Stoke versus Preston. Another incredibly meh game, uh, to put it kindly. The most meh game ever. Um, yeah. Preston obviously coming off the, off the back of that spanking by Brentford. Um, yeah. Stoke... You know, the most inconsistent team this season, really. Coming off uh, a disappointing 2-0 loss to Blues. Um, I see the, I see Preston winning this game, personally. Um, because right. I think... I don't know, I think Brentford performance aside, the two performances previously to that, we saw the Brentford of old starting to come back. And, you know, at a time like this, I don't think the loss to Brentford will have really affected confidence too much because they know there's nothing really left to play for. They'll be playing with freedom. Frankie McAvoy and uh, yeah Stoke they're just you know incredibly average and uh, I, I see a Preston win here yeah um, also you know Mike O'Neill's assistant manager even uh, the Bet365 this week um, I, I still call it the Britannia but I'll call it the Bet365 in case you ever get sponsored by them <laughs> um, Dean yeah, Alden incoming as well <laughs> yeah um, who's, you know, as much as we've slated him, you know, on the podcast for for the Bristol tenure he had, he's a good coach. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure I agree with you, Eddie, that the pressure's off Preston. I think they've got one of the more demanding fan bases in the league and maybe they are still looking over their shoulder at Rotherham a little bit because, you know, Rotherham win a game in hand. There's only six points between them and the relegation zone. Um, you know, it's unlikely that they're going to go down, but we stayed up despite the fact we were five points adrift with two to go last season. So you never know in this league. Um, and, but you you are right in the sense that Stoke, they're, they're just so poor. Yeah. We've talked about the coherence of their starting eleven, and there just doesn't seem to be any. They started at, 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 at away at Blues with a front two of Brown and Fletcher. You've got a really good pressing forward, and then you've got Mr. Azzy crumbled into dust yet, Stephen Fletcher next to him. <laughs> Um, it doesn't make sense, Stoke City. Um, I've, I know I've slated both sides, but I think Stoke will win. I, I just, I don't even know how, like, how do you even go about trying to predict this one? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it they, it completely depends what side shows up from both teams. You know, yeah. Preston have shown, you know, glimpse of, you know, good performances. Good point against Norwich, good win against Swansea. Stoke have just been so hit and miss all season. Uh, so I'm going to call this one a draw. Yeah, well, I make that at least one minute too many speaking about that game. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the final 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Swansea versus Wickham. Big game for the Swans, obviously. Um, two wins on the bounce. They look to be not back to their best because they were very average against Sheffield Wednesday, but you know, at least getting the results back going into the, the playoff campaign. They can still catch one, uh, catch Watford, sorry, in second, you know, only, only seven points behind them. Unlikely, definitely, though. Um, Tom, how do you see this game going? Um, Swansea are going to win, aren't they? <laughs> That's yeah. simple. Swansea are going to win. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think when, once you've got Ayu and Jamal Lowe scoring again, Wickham are going to be no match for them. Yeah, I think also Wickham. Unfortunately for them, the the ship of 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 safety looks to have, have sailed with that loss to Luton. Um, let's go to the eight o'clock fixture. Oh, sorry, then. Ed, I might just have to butt in. We have left out our old favourites, Nottingham Forest. Sat there. Wait, they're, that, they're not forgettable. We forget about them. <laughs> I have completely glossed over that fixture, and I, and I wholeheartedly apologise to the whole of Nottingham Forest fan base for that. I um, yeah, I mean, it, it couldn't be any other team than Forest, couldn't it? Really. Um, <laughs> to be fair, this one's not as irrelevant as the others. It isn't. It isn't. Huddersfield have found themselves in a bit of a sticky situation down the bottom end of the table, yeah. haven't they? They have. In- yeah, I'm. I'm gonna apologise to Forest fans on behalf of the whole podcast. <laughs> I know we seem to bollock you every week, and I know we say how irrelevant you are. Next season, if you stick with us, we'll talk about you more. But yeah, uh, um, it's nothing it personal at all. It's just no, a league position. Well, it is, for, it is from me. I'm from Barnes. I don't like well, you. Very good point. Very good point. <laughs> um, no, I'm. I'm only joking. But yeah, it's not an irrelevant game this week. They're, they're up against Town, who are in involved in a relegation scrap and here's how's this for some positiveness forest fans you're gonna win (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna beat them um you've got the you've got one of the best players in the league jimmy garner you've got graben who although i've criticized again i think he'll 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 probably he'll probably bag this weekend um and you know alex mighton's looking really good recently 
um, and he'll he'll be a thorn in the side of town all all afternoon. What do you think about this one, Will? I mean, you know, in fairness to Forest, they've only lost like three in the last ten, and they've been against pretty decent. You know, losing against Watford and Norwich is very understandable. Um, so yeah, I I can see Forest taking all three points here. I think Huddersfield have been really poor of late. Um, you know what are they like one win in the last 10 or something so yeah, yeah I, I can see a Forest win here as well yeah I think it's a testament to Forest under Hewton that we know we don't really focus on their games too much because they're just quietly going about their business of staying up which was always his aim um, yeah so yeah. let's now go to the 8 o'clock fixture in uh, what is a huge game Arguably, well, I would say the biggest game of the game of the game week, um, no doubt. It's a Premier League game. Yeah. I'm is. sorry, but it just is. And it will be a Premier League game next season for me personally. It's Norwich versus Bournemouth. Um, Bournemouth, we talked about five wins in the league in a row. It'd be a very tough but impressive ask if they manage to make it six against the Canaries. The Canaries, look, they've got promotion in the bag. They've got the title pretty much in the bag. They're just cruising. To, to happiness right now mm. Tom how do you see this game going though it's probably the hardest game to call we've done on the, since we've started the podcast I'd say in the sense that two teams I wouldn't say Norwich are at the absolute peak of their powers but this season they've been overall one of the best sides we've seen at this level ever Bournemouth at the minute they look um, looking formidable we just have to wait and see. Is is Timu Pukki there? Their kryptonite, you know. I um, I think you know the only way probably that Norwich pick up three points in this one is if they can get you know Pukki back in the goals. And I think Bournemouth's weakest uh, area of the pitch is their defence. And um, you know cre- credit to them because you look you look at their defence and you know it's got it's got Steve Cook in it. Lloyd Kelly, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Adam Smith. So it's not a bad defence, but it's certainly their weakest area of the pitch and Norwich's strongest area of the pitch is their, is their front line. So uh, I, I think it's hard to call, but I think Norwich will pick up three points in this one. Yeah. Um, I, uh, From a bouncy perspective, I hope Norwich pick up the three points. Um, yeah. For me, I think while Brent, uh, sorry, not Brentford, Bournemouth have shown they have got some very good attacking players. You know, we've said how Philip Billing's been really important for them these last few weeks. I do yeah. maybe think that if any defence is going to cope with it, you know, I, I do like that Norwich defence. Um, mm. And then that combined with, you know, if their front line gets, gets firing, that they are absolutely unbelievable. And so I'm just sort of hoping that, like you say, they get Pucky, Cantwell, Buendia, etc. in the game. Uh, and hopefully they'll pick up all three points against the Cherries. Yeah, I mean, you touched upon the defence there. Obviously, the partnership of Hanley and Omobamidele. Om- uh, Omobamidele hasn't actually, I don't think, conceded a foul yet in the uh, right. his four appearances. Uh, he's got, like, uh, 60% tackle success. Um you know, 92% passing success. And in that sort of Norwich side, your defenders need to be able to play out. Um, I've already... Yeah. Pre- pre- um, what's the word? I've already spoken of my love for Grant <laughs> Hanley, and it will never wane. 
Um, I think he's the best centre back in the division. Guys, I'm sorry, but it's just <laughs> if you're listening, it's strange how much Eddie Eddie loves this man. I, I think um, to, to touch on it, it's the, the relationship they've got is quite obviously. You've got the experienced head of Hanley, then yeah. the young. Is yeah. he? I think he's only 18, isn't he? I'm about Medelli. Yeah, he is. It's yeah. quite. They've they've just managed to build a very solid relationship at the back. And yeah, and, and the thing was is the interchangeability. Is obviously you know Omobamidele has only just come in, but he's slotted in. That's the thing. Yeah, and um, it's a testament to to Farker's treatment of of the youngsters. Um, it's great also to see Kieran yeah. Dal starting to gain a bit of form, and he'll be looking to bring that form into this game. Um, yeah. Personally, I see. A Norwich win or a draw. I can see it's been a sort of one-all, two-all draw. Both sides, their key aim will be to not lose this game. I think we can agree on that. Um, You know, Bournemouth, I think, would take a point if I was in their position. I certainly would. And so, um, it could be slightly anticlimactic, but let's hope it's not. Um, Any final words on that, Fixtures? No, Um, no, I think think you've uh, summed it up well. Right, well, we've talked about Saturday's game, uh, games, and let's go on to Sunday um, because we've got two on Sunday. And we talked about the Norwich-Bournemouth um, game being the biggest game of the game week, but I'm actually going to change my opinion <laughs> because I think Rotherham versus Birmingham, you know, this is a chance for me personally for Blues to secure safety or be dragged right back into it. And... Uh, Tom, how do you see this game going? It's such a tough one to call. Um, it really is. Uh, I'm just a disclaimer. Even though we've talked about it in present tense, this is being recorded before Coventry Rotherham game. Um, so obviously, I don't know the outcome of that one. But just the fact that they're going Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Don't see how they can, you know, don't see how they can outfight Birmingham. Yeah. And Birmingham have the better players. So when you look at it and you see Rotherham beating teams because they they want it more, I can't. See, I just can't see them having the having the fitness levels to do Birmingham. Having said that, you know Birmingham sometimes they turn up and they just don't want it. You know? I, I look at the games, some of the games this season. Oh well, they looked shocking, like genuinely shocking. They looked like they wanted the ball out for throw-ins more than they wanted it in play. <laughs> And they've taken some absolute tonkins this season um, at, at home. But on the road, they've, they've been a decent side. Um, so I can see, you know, the Lee Bowyer um, reign uh, continuing to, to be uh, fortuitous or fruitious, should I say, for, for, for the Blues. Uh, yeah, I think... Like you say, it's just so hard to call because it completely depends on how the Rotherham's games go. Because you know, even though they're playing games very close together, if they manage to pick up some wins in that and get a bit of momentum, then there's nothing to say they won't go and beat Birmingham. But if if they take, you know, if they lose these games really close, they're going to be knackered and have no momentum. And then in that way, you can only see Birmingham winning. So it's you know, it's so hard to call. Um, but for me, I, I don't know. I just, I just do quite fancy Rotherham to to stay up. Um, I just think Paul Warren has got his team playing well. Uh, I'm scared that Birmingham might have just been under a bit of a honeymoon period under Bowyer, and whether that 
lasts till the end of the season or whether you know it'll run out it's very hard to say but I think I'm going to back Rotherham in this one yeah yeah I think um, I, I see I see a Rotherham win here um, but you know you got to give credit to Lee Bowyer as Tom said just on that point uh, Tom did say we are obviously recording this pre-Rotherham's Thursday night fixture I know at points I've been speaking as if I am recording on Friday so Tom obviously hasn't hasn't harnessed the power of time travel like myself Um, (laughs) but you know if there's any confusion I'll just clear up there Um, now for this game uh, you know I just see Rotherham having that a bit more fight because I think Birmingham will be safe definitely I think that you know Huddersfield, Derby and Coventry are all worse than them right now Um, so I don't think there is danger particularly of going down but I think Rotherham on the day if they can take the chances, a huge if for Rotherham and the Millers, I think we'll will will be okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Like we said, we, we unfortunately me and Will haven't harnessed the, the power of time travel like our good man Ed. Um, but yeah, I'd, like I said, guys, I just don't see how you can a competitive championship fixture with it being you know what is it your third in five days. Yeah. Like, I don't. I just don't know how you can do it physically, and they've not got the biggest of squads as it is. Um, we'll see. Maybe they'll do something superhuman, win three on the trot, and then you're looking at them and you're going, "Well, the look search for survival now." Um, but we'll see. Definitely. So uh, there might also be a little little game going on between Coventry and Barnsley on that day at three o'clock. Um, a huge <laughs> game for you two. Um, obviously, you're getting. You know the the games are, are ticking down, and you're getting closer and closer to a playoff place being yeah. certified. How big is this game for your season? I wouldn't say it's that big, actually. Really? No, it's it's probably yeah. I don't think it's that big. Um, you know we've we've got a five point cushion over the Royals, and there's a good chance that Bournemouth aren't going to pick up three points. Carrow Road. So I, I think it's a game that we can afford to not win. I don't think it's a game we can afford to lose. Let me just say that. I don't. I think if we lose this game, it'd be terrible, not just for our confidence, but you know, we're not picking up points. But if we can pick up a draw, I'm not saying I want a draw, but if we can just pick up a draw, Bournemouth don't win, we go back above them, even if Reading win, we still have a cushion. Um, so it's not crucial. Yeah. It is big. Um you just on the Reds, you know, obviously I, I'm in a good position and Will is in a good position to talk about us in more depth. But I think our style is perfectly matched to beating Coventry. You know, Coventry, one of the better football insides in this league. And I think they're very, um, very similar to what we were like last season in the sense they play well against teams and don't win. And the opposition fans are always going, oh, you did really well. I hope you stay up, all this sort of thing. And we were like that last season. Now we're just shit houses. You know, <laughs> opposition fans play us, and they go, "I don't want to play you ever again. You're shit. You're not going up. All this, all that. We we get the we get the job done, and we've got the players now. Your DKs, your Morrises, Morrises, <laughs> Morris, Carlton Morris, um, who, who can get the job done. And in midfield, I'd like to see us go Apo Halme because I think against Matty James and Callum O'Hare and if he starts Gustavo Hamer have that height in there I don't think Coventry will be able to contain us what do you think Will? Yeah I uh, I think 
when talking about the importance of this game, I think it's more important for Barnsley just to not lose. You know, just don't. I think we did well that we 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 recovered after the Wednesday defeat and didn't let it change our form. But the last thing you want running into the end of the season towards the playoffs is to start hitting some bad form when we've been so good. So just for these last few games, you just need to make sure you almost don't lose. You know, do what we've been doing, control the game, and try the very best to get all three points. And I think if we go about the game similar to Middlesbrough, you know, almost respect the opponent. Don't think you're just going to outclass them. Uh, yeah. Sort of respect them. You know, make sure you don't concede. And then, like you say, let our players with a bit of class show what they can do, and the goals will come. Yeah. Um. Just sort of. I don't know. Is it a metaphor? I think our games are like Tyson Fury fights. So you you don't always tune in. If if you're not a boxing purist, you probably don't enjoy Tyson Fury fight because no, he's not going in there just to knock out his opponent. Mm-hmm. He's going in there to break down the opponent round by round, win the rounds, and then you know if he's broken him down enough, he'll knock him out nine and nine and ten. You know, championship rounds eleven, twelve. That's what Barnsley do. Staff will often just contain a team. Yeah. They'll get to half time at nil nil or one nil, and that's 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 the job done. That's why I think Ed, you know, Wednesday was so successful against us because you went one nil up in the first half, uh-huh. and yeah. we went into the break and we were down. And that's not something that's happened many times this season. We've got a good record at coming from behind, but we tend to equalise within you know, the same the same half as as we concede. So yeah, I think just do do a job on on Coventry, keep them at arm's length. Like Will says, you know, respect the opponent because they've got good players and and players who probably are better than twenty first position in the championship. Um, but yeah, we've not won. A, I know it's at St Andrews, but we've not won an away fixture against Coventry in ninety seven years. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. stats aren't aren't great. Then I mean, you winning would do as a, a massive favour for. I don't. I no. I'm not even going to talk we'll about survival. No, no. Because... Let's not get it twisted. We win. You win. It's only it's only four points. It is, but then obviously Rotherham... That, that's the problem with Rotherham having so many games in hand is it's hard to get a clear picture of what, what the relegation picture looks yeah, like. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, in my mind, we're down. And I'm sort of... Uh, well, no, I am excited about what the future holds on Darren Moore. And, you know, I'm glad it... Touch wood, it isn't going to go down to sort of a last-minute heartbreak on the final day where we thought we could stay up, and it's like no, if you know what I mean. Um, I'd much rather this sort of accepting nature, a bit like when Ipswich went down. Um, obviously, I don't want to do what Ipswich have done when they're down in League One, but they sort of accepted it, embraced it, and there was a bit of a positive atmosphere around the club. Um, I seem to remember going down to the third tier. Uh, so if we've covered all the games there and looked to, looked back upon. Tuesday's games you know we're getting really down to the business end of the season now and every game is a cup final for half the teams in the division now and uh, it promises for some exciting results um, yeah. can I just have one last word on it for, for, for the listeners or, or if you're absolutely. on YouTube um, the viewers slash listeners still um, yeah, we've got some really exciting content coming up soon we're to- we're, you know, we've, we've got some uh, good guests in the pipeline. We've got some really great ideas in the pipeline as well. So stick around. Face cams are coming soon. That's something we're working on. Um, and also, we really do appreciate all the support on, on the recent podcast. It's been, from all of us here, like, it's been really overwhelming. Some of the support has been brilliant. 
Um, please do like on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, because we really need to get those subscribers up. Follow us on Twitter, the link's in the description. Follow us on Apple, give us a review. Follow us on Spotify, we really do appreciate it all. Yeah, definitely echo what you said, and uh, you know, some of the guests we've got coming on, slash we've had on, uh, it's been really cool. That's that's yeah. uh, the way I can sum it up, really. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, personal highlights for me, Dom Alston and Joe Cran, they say never meet your heroes. Well, I did, and they were both <laughs> lovely, lovely people. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks ever so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, all the usual stuff like what uh, Tom said about liking it and sharing it, greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, see you for the next one. Thank you very much.